everybody, I'm Wendy Murdoch, and this is Webinars with Wendy. I've been doing a series of webinars during the pandemic, and we're coming up on me being off the road for a year, which means I have not been on an airplane in a year, which I can't remember the last time that happened. So it's pretty incredible. And um, uh, it's just been really amazing to do all these webinars. This is number 174. Um, wow. And, yeah. <laughs> Easy. Um, I'm hoping to keep going as things open up and we start to get back to a normal life. Um, we have a full schedule for March. So if you haven't signed up for some of the webinars there, you can go to the Murdoch Method website and um, sign up for them. We have a full book this month. Um, and the other thing to remember is this is your last opportunity to sign up for the the grand prize for the uh, fifth year anniversary, you have to enter all five contests. So make sure you go out to Facebook and enter. And if you think you've entered, but we didn't record it, just let us know and we'll solve that. So um, anyway, it's pretty exciting. We have a lot of people signed up and we're gonna do that drawing on Friday. Today, my guest is Martha Cook. And Martha works for Trafal Traf uh, sorry, Trafalgar Square Books <laughs> and um, and I have known Martha, I don't know Martha. Oh, well, it was, um, I mean, I knew you through Sally and Centered Writing. Right. So it's probably been at least a couple decades. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, for at least a couple decades, I'm sure. And um, today I've asked Martha to join us to talk about Trafalgar and the books that they've published because you probably have a whole collection sitting next to your bed that you didn't even know came from their publishing house. So welcome, Martha. Thank you so much for joining Thanks. me today. Thanks for having me. It's a pleasure. <laughs> Wendy's not only uh, um, a friend, but she's also a Trafalgar author. So you probably all know that. Yep. So, so Martha, um, how did you wind up in the book business? Well, I um, was right out of college. Um, I graduated from Mount Holyoke in Hadley, Massachusetts um, back in the late 80s. And um, I didn't know quite what it was. I had a history degree. And if anyone used to listen to car talk, car talk you know the joke about, you know, head of unemployment is art majors. Um, and so I was history, art history. Um, so when I was in college, um, Sally Swift's book, Centered Riding, came out. Um, and I was fortunate to be a 4-H kid that lived in at a town abutting Sally's out of Vermont. And so when I was, you know, 10, 12, 14, Sally used to come to our local 4-H ring and give us lessons. Wow. Um, so when I was in college, um, of course, I followed the fact that Sally's book was going to come out. So um, I ordered it. And from the publisher, it was being advertised in Equus um, and other horse magazines. And so I sent my money off to a company called David and Charles in Vermont. Um, book came, you know, a um, couple years passed. And uh, once I graduated, I was looking for um, a job in, in the Hanover, New Hampshire area where Dartmouth College is and applied for something in their art library. Didn't get it, but looking in the local paper, saw this ad for um, a marketing assistant at David and Charles. And I thought they published Sally's book. So they must do something about horses. Well, history, book publishing, yeah, I could do it. So I applied. 
um, and went trundling off in a suit and heels to literally a farm um, where they still have horses and cows all these years later. This was in 1987. Um, and uh, yeah, I wanted to be in the Woodstock, Vermont area where there's Green Mountain Horse Association and we're right next to Stratford, Vermont where um, uh, Denny Emerson's Tamarack Hill is. So I said, yeah, I'll take a $6 an hour job and come. So they hired me. And um, a couple weeks later, I went up there with my horse in tow and I started my job and she started to live on the farm where the publishing company is. Well, this so. is so fascinating. I didn't <laughs> realize that we were uh, like ships in the night because I went to the University of New Hampshire and graduated in 79 and went to work at Dartmouth. Really? Yeah, okay. and I worked in um, the um, research facility uh, associated with the, with the um, hospital. Oh, all right. Medical school. Yeah. With medical yeah. school. Right. When it was, yeah. when it was on campus, mm -hmm. um, yep. on campus and, you know, Dr. Feldenkrais actually in, in 84 did his training at, uh, it wasn't Mount Holyoke. It was um, Amherst, which is Amherst. right near Mount Holyoke. So mm -hmm. I had heard of him, but I didn't take the training with him at that point, but it's so fascinating to see that we were all kind of in the same vicinity. Yeah. 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 I mean, you know, it, it's just so amazing that Sally and that book helped me find an entire career. And I've been at Trafalgar now 33 years. Wow. Um, and then to be able to work with Sally directly on Centered Writing 2. Um, I mean, it was it was just an amazing and I'm so proud to to have built the list and I jokingly say Carolyn Robbins, who um, owns Trafalgar Square Books and is the one who edited Centered Riding, um, that she started with the company's bestseller in 1985. Um, wow. And the reason so, that Sally, I, pardon, go ahead. Well, the publisher that you said published Sally's book when you bought it, what was, who was that again? It was called David and Charles. And that was the name of Trafalgar Square Books when um, I first went to work there. Um, it was taken from a British company, um, Carolyn Robbins and her husband, Dr. Ted Robbins, who owned the company. Um, Carolyn came from publishing in England and they set up distributing British books, which we continued to do actually in 2000, until 2008. Um, and so that was David and Charles. And then along the way, Trafalgar Square Books came about um, and we imprint the books as Trafalgar Square because that's the name of the farm that we're based on. And Carolyn and Ted were actually married at St. Martin's in the Field in London, which is in Trafalgar Square. Hence the name of the farm, which um, also um, is, as I, as I said, a working farm. They have about 60 head of Highland cattle. Um, for many years, there've been horses on the, the farm. And as I say, my horse went and actually boarded there for the sick first three months because they wanted me to start working and I had to take my horse, so. <laughs> so when did they change the name of the publishing house? Um, we started imprinting books as Trafalgar Square books, I believe in 1990. Um, but those of you who have your trusty copy of Centered Riding will notice that on the title page, it does say Trafalgar Square 
farm. Um, Cause even at the time when it was still known as David and Charles, Carolyn did make it a Trafalgar Square farm book. Um, even though the production was all done by the big New York publisher, Simon, um, excuse me, St. Martin's. Um, at the time there was no production department at Trafalgar Square. That didn't come until I came along and we started doing our own um, editorial and production and design and that kind of thing. So, so Carolyn had met Sally. Yes, um, Sally used to make many trips to Stratford, Vermont. Um, her dear friend, Rosa Tyson lived in Stratford and she taught a great deal at um, the Perkins farm. Um, Essie and Reed Perkins were, were um, owned a Huntington farm and um, were great riders and Ted and Carolyn were friends with the Perkins. And of course, Sally used to go there and teach back when, you know, Sally was just starting to teach. Right. And uh, when Sally decided that all the little pieces of napkin that she had scribbled images on could be a book, she approached Carolyn because she knew Carolyn was in the book business. And Carolyn says, oh, I can help you put a book together. And literally it was on napkins and pads that were scrawled on that she chucked into her glove compartment. Um, when I first went to Trafalgar, Sally would still come up um, and you know work at the office. She was probably in her eighties at that point. And as you know, Wendy, I mean, you know, Sally was always said, my biggest career started when I retired because yeah. of course, she was um, worked for many, many years in the Holstein cow registry in Brattleboro, Vermont. And horses were just a passion on the side. And she retired at the age of 65. So yeah. um, I'm trying to remember now, uh, her book came out in 85, right? 85 and the videos in 86. Mm -hmm. Right. And I can't remember how old she was when they came out. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know specifically either. So uh, we could do the math. About the phone. That's okay. So, so, so Carolyn had already published Centered Writing. You mm -hmm. bought the book, found the job, mm -hmm. wound up uh, in what town is it in? I've forgotten. North Pomfret, Vermont. Oh, right. North Pom. I love that name, North Pomfret. Um, and and went to work for them. And so, what were your jobs in the beginning? What what were you starting out doing? Um, since there was mostly, they only had the one horse book, Centered Riding, and then there, um, Carolyn has started to work on a long distance riding book. Um, and, uh, but mostly I was working on British books. I mean, we distributed books on everywhere from chess to British gardening, and I sent them out. I just found places to send them out for review and, um, yeah, you know, helped write press releases and, uh, worked in the warehouse occasionally. So um, it, it just grew. And I think my interest in horses, um, you know, flamed Carolyn's, you know, desire to continue to have a horse program. Um, and so she started adding more and more books. Um, what was the second horse book you added? It was called America's Long Distance Challenge. Oh. Um, as I say, it was about distance riding. Um, and uh, it's been out of print for many, many, many years. Uh, then we did a book called uh, Winning. Um, it was a hunter jumper book by Anna Jane White Mullen. Um, and then um, Jane Savoy came on board um, and we published that winning feeling in 1992. 
Um, and wow, so, so you really, probably, you only had a couple of books from 85 to 92. Mm -hmm. wow. Yeah, it was mostly just the British books. Okay. Yeah. So Jane's book, I, I still have my copies of That Winning Feeling. That was a fantastic book. Mm -hmm. yeah. And of course, many of you probably know that um, Jane passed away at the beginning of January. Um, so that's really been, that's been really difficult for us because she was a Vermont neighbor. And as I say, I've been working with her since, you know, the early nineties. So. Yeah, that's, it's very sad news, but you know, the beauty of her book is, is it's timeless. Mm -hmm. It's a book that anybody can pick up that wants inspiration and to, to know how to get it done. And, and it was, a, I remember reading it as very inspiring and just, you, it may not always happen the way you think it's going to happen, but keep going because it's going to work out. And mm -hmm. that's really right. a right. very inspirational book. And then, and then in 92, so you brought on Jane. And so you started adding more horse titles. Right. And Linda Tellington Jones came on board. Um, oh. We did her book, Getting in Tea Touch with Horses, um, that I believe also came out in 92. Um, so Jane and Linda were you know, really early on. Um, and then we started to work on Sally's second book, Centered Writing 2, Further Exploration, you know, probably in the mid nineties um, that came out in 2000. Um, and then I we just kind of- When I would go up to um, Lucy Bump's place that Sally- Yeah. Because I apprenticed with Sally in 92. Mm-hmm. Yep. Mm -hmm. And Lucille Bump was actually my first riding instructor oh. <laughs> after Sally's was, you know, would come to 4-H. I actually went over and rode with Lucy for many years in Guilford, Vermont, because that was only, you know, about a half an hour from where I grew up. So what a small um, centered riding was just kind of what I did because that's what my teachers did. Right. So, right. so just out of curiosity, how many, uh, how many copies of centered riding have sold since it first came out? Um, it sold about 500,000 in English. Um, and then, I mean, we say it sold, you know, between 700 and 800,000 copies worldwide. Um, and of course it's still in print in English. It's never been out of print. Right. Um, and it, it was at one time or another available in 18 different languages. Wow. Um, some of those are no longer in print, um, but it's still in print in French, German, Spanish, Polish, um, and uh, some of the other countries. As more and more people started reading English overseas, um, a lot of niche books like Equestrian or you know, specific sports did not get translated anymore because, um, you know, people have wanted those specialized books, just buy it in English. Um, but it's still a really top seller in Germany and France. Is it the, the highest selling horse book ever printed on any kind of instruction? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. it's amazing. And, you know, every once in a while I go back and I open my copy because I think <laughs> I've come up with something new and I open it up and, and there it is. <laughs> You know, like yeah. the basics are the basics. It doesn't matter what sport you do, actually. What Sally wrote about is the uh, fundamentals of any mm -hmm. activity. And it's just yeah. so fascinating to go back and, and every once in a while just pull it out and, and flip it open to a page and realize there's, yeah. you know. Yeah. When I teach kids to ride, I, you know, I go right back there 
and they they do the they do the basics. I yep. mean, and when I ride, oftentimes if I'm just you know schooling around, I run through the basics in my head. You know, are my blocks stacked up? Am I breathing? You know, am I grounded? Um, because, you know, we get so intent on schooling this or schooling that. And well, I mean, I know you've done, you did the, you did your fixes books and then the, uh, ride like a natural. I mean, you talk about all that stuff all the time. It's the same basics. So yeah, I bring in a little more science uh, as opposed to imagery, but it is, it all goes back to the same things. Mm -hmm. Right. Right. All right. So now you've got in the nineties, you did the second centered writing book. And then when did you start to add? Cause, cause now, I mean, all you do is post books, right? Um, we actually also have a craft list um, that many people don't realize. Um, we have books on knitting, crochet, weaving. Um, mm -hmm. We're very strong with Scandinavian needlecraft. Um so, but the horses are by, by and far the, the primary, you know, part of the business. So, yeah, I mean, we kind of outlasted other publishers that specialized in equestrian. Um, I guess it's because we're all so deeply seated horse fanatics. Um, I mean, Carolyn Robbins has owned horses for years. She was an eventer for many years. Rebecca Didier, who's our managing editor, um, and does a lot of her graphic design. Um, she started as a little kid in 4-H and uh, did some eventing. Um, I came up well through Sally, um, but then got into Morgan's and uh, worked with uh, on Morgan breeding farms and um, with Sport Morgan's and still always have a Morgan in the barn. Um, so, you know, I mean, how lucky am I? I made a career out of, I, I made a horse career. Um, and I knew I, you know, I knew I didn't have the talent to be a professional rider. Um, you know, I, I don't have that, I'll get on anything mentality. And I didn't when I was 20 and I certainly don't now. <laughs> um, but I've been involved with, you know, many of the greatest horsemen and women in the, in the world, um, what a privilege. Yeah, it's pretty much. I do remember uh, when you saw the footage for the Ride Like a Natural series that you wanted to know if that Morgan was for sale. Oh, I know, <laughs> I, there's nothing makes me, any of you listeners out there, do you have any big Morgan sport type horses for sale? Because I'm shopping again. Oh, are you? Oh, yeah, um, my, uh, my Morgan's gonna be 22 this year. And then I have an off the track quarter horse um, that, uh, I, you know, he's a great guy, but I really want another younger Morgan in my life again. So yeah, I'm shopping. Aren't okay. we always? <laughs> yeah. And they, you know, like I went to UNH where they bred Morgans. And so yeah. I'm so used yep. to the, the, the old, so, really, so we evented them. They're yeah. Really solid horses, yep. uh, bigger boned, you know, yep. little size. Yeah. So, yeah. I'll keep my eyes open, but I don't, Thank I don't you. find anything down here. <laughs> Okay. So, so who was kind of the next, or what was the next step? Like you did center writing too, and you started to add more authors. Mm -hmm. What were some of the authors that you added at the time or um, this after Linda? Um, oh gosh, now you're putting me on the spot. I'm going to draw a blank. Um, I mean, we started um, rounding out. We 
I'm trying to think in the midst of, we did another book by Jane. Um, after that winning feeling came out, she did her cross train your horse and more cross training. Um, yep. Because one thing um, Trafalgar Square books is, I mean, our mission statement is for the good of the horse. And um, I came from a rather diverse horse background and I'm a huge advocate that there's diversity. And I say an ecumenical to borrow from the religion um, outlook on horse sports. I mean, they're all horses, no matter their breed or the sport or whatever. Um, so that's where, you know, cross training kind of came around and Jane started, you know, teaching dressage to, you know, to be used by, by everyone. It's basically just really good horse training. So we did Jane's books. Um, we did um, Hunter Jumper books. I'd mentioned Anna Jane White Mullen. And then we went on to have her famous um, judging hunters and hunter seat equitation. Um, we've also in hunters, we've um, published uh, Greg Teal, um, of course, George Morris. Um, and we started in having some you know, a good list of health books. Um, we have the essential hoof. We've got I the love horse that massage. Book, by the way. Yeah, isn't it wonderful? I love yeah. that. Yeah. Well, and, and um, I was just going to say, it makes me realize you did Joyce Harmon's pain-free back and saddle fit books. We did. We did Joyce's English saddle fitting, which was um, the horse's pain-free back and saddle fit book. And then we did the Western horse's pain-free back and saddle fit book. And those are not available in print anymore, but the eBooks are available. And um, I'm happy to say that Trafalgar now can offer eBook e downloads on our site oh, awesome. um, at horseandriderbooks.com. Um, you know, not everyone needs to add to um, Amazon's billions. Um, you know, when you order Publisher Direct or Author Direct, you're actually you know, making sure the authors and the publisher get a, a fair royalty. Um, I'm just going to get on my soapbox here a bit about the book business, but Amazon is great for consumers, but they absolutely steal from authors. Um, the amount that authors get on Amazon sales is definitely considerably less than if bought in, in bookstores or from publishers or tax shops. So anyway, I'll leave you with that. Amazon. No, the book industry, <laughs> it's become a tougher industry um, with the digital age in so many ways. Um, just because there's so much information available online and you have access to things like Amazon mm -hmm. um, yep. and DVDs, you know, are, are disappearing, everything's mm -hmm. online. Um, but before we get to that topic, yeah. um, I just remember, you know, Joyce's books came out and uh, because I, <laughs> we, we always seem to do things together. Um, and she and I both came out with a book about the same time. Um, it was my first book, Simplify Your Riding. And um, she came out with her saddle fit book. And we both uh, realized that there, there is, uh, writing a book is like giving birth. I've never had children, but... Mm -hmm. <laughs> There's a whole process that I think people don't appreciate as to what's really involved uh, with, with writing a book. 
-hmm. from concept to publication. And it's okay. Uh, um, I'll just uh, mention your idea about giving birth. Um, that is so true. We joke, you know, authors is all, it sounds like a good idea. Then you sign up for it. It's kind of like the pregnancy and you have to get through it. And then the book comes out and authors say, oh, I have this, I have this book now. And, you know, you're like, yep. And then they start to occasionally say, well, you know, I, I might have a second book in me because, you know, the pain of the birth starts to go away. It fades. It does and fade. And get on to the second book and all those memories of, of that whole pregnancy and childbirth can come back. <laughs> um, well, I mean, I'll just give a quick run through of what it would be like. Um, you know, we take... Um, uh, you know, submissions, um, anyone can send us a proposal, our, our submission guidelines on our, on our website. Um, and then we also do invite some people to write books for us. Um, so the first step is to, you know, send a proposal to a book publisher. Um, and, uh, you know, we meet as an editorial um, group and decide, you know, is the book good? Is it needed? Um, you know, what does it add to equestrian literature? What does it add to the Trafalgar Square list? Um, and so once, you know, we settle on, a, on you know, accepting a book, um, the author, you know, has to do an outline and, you know, write the book. They have to think about illustrations and photographs. And, um, you know, then they usually have about a year to put it all together and deliver it to us at which point um, it gets edited. Um, and so an author works with a, one of our editors um, and you know you have to have a bit of a tough skin um, because you know we're there to make your words better. And so you know it goes back and forth a few times and then we put it into design. Um, we use freelance designers um, though we do our own cover design in-house. Um, our very talented Rebecca Didier does our all of our cover design and ad design. Um, and then it, it gets printed. Um, and of course now most everything becomes an ebook, um, which happens along the along the way. And then it's um, all hands on deck as far as promotion goes. Um, in this day and age authors have to be their, you know, their own best promoters. Um, and social media has totally changed the landscape of, of um, book promotion. Um, and of course, as we're all seeing, um, you know, magazines are disappearing or they're going online and that all, you know, it all changes um, the whole pr publishing process. Um, but, you know, it's generally, you know, probably 18 months to two years um, in the process of a book from you know, a glimmer in the author's eye to actually being out on bookshelves. Yeah, and um, it, they're really, I, I'm not sure that anyone picking up a book, unless you've written a book, can really appreciate how much hard work goes in. Especially, yeah. and I gotta say, you know, for your titles, one of the things that I've always appreciated is the quality of the layout and design, which is something that, I'm not sure everybody even recognize, you know, a lot of people don't recognize there. It's mm -hmm. just something that's sort of behind the scenes when they open a book, it's not what they're looking at. And mm -hmm. having written three books, 
um, when I open a book, I'm looking at design. How is it laid out? Mm -hmm. Is it clear? Is it too much text on a page? Are the right. illustrations really good? Are the mm -hmm. images really clear? And I mean, I can tell you that we've had some dramas <laughs> with the books that I've published with you, um, <laughs> with the illustrations. I don't know if you remember what happened with 50 Fixes. Oh, yes. <laughs> 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 so just to let people in on the joke, um, I hired an illustrator and she turned out to be a little crazy. We mm -hmm. didn't know it at the time. And she had done the illustrations, but at, when they're done, the illustrator needs to sign off that they've been received payment and that the author now owns those illustrations. And the woman I hired, um, like I said, she got a little crazy and she demanded a certified check. So Brad, my guy, met her in the Staples parking lot with a certified check, which she tried to grab out of his hand and not <laughs> <laughs> And this was on a Friday and I was on a plane, to, I think to Arkansas. And when I landed, I called you to see, you know, we were mm -hmm. still struggling with this woman. Yeah, this was after when I was on the plane. And you basically had to tell her that if she didn't sign, we were going to redo all the drawings. Mm -hmm. And that was on yeah. Friday. And on Monday, I saw proofs. So that's how far along we were. And she finally right. signed the paper. But there were three illustrations she actually didn't fix. And so yeah. Brad got out his exacto knife. <laughs> And he cut out the parts that weren't quite right and adjusted them and pasted them back together. Mm -hmm. And that got them done. Yeah. Um, There's a lot that goes beyond this. Be, um, a, a lot goes on behind the scenes. Um, you know, I mean, there's the illustrators, there's the photographers. Um, I mean, I've, I've jokingly said I've had co-author, um, relationships where I felt like I was a therapist. <laughs> um, you know, one would call me and complain about the other and then the hang up and the other one would call me and then complain. And um, we've, you know, we've seen divorces and marriages. <laughs> yeah. And I remember when I was going through my illustrator dramas, I asked you if this was in the top five and you said, I think you said at the time it was pretty close. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the fact that she, you know, was basically holding them hostage in a parking lot was, that was, that was pretty, pretty amazing. Yeah. <laughs> so, so there, there is a lot of stuff that goes on and um, there's a lot, uh, the, as an author, there's a lot of time and effort and energy. It's not just coming up with the ideas, but it's really getting it down on paper mm -hmm. and then, um, the, you know, you get, you get it all where you think it's really awesome and you send it off. <laughs> right. You know, and, the, and then you find out, well, maybe it's not as perfect as you thought. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and it comes back yeah. with, a, with a lot of red pen. It does. It yeah. really does. Um, and I think it's, you know, I take my hat off to authors because it is putting yourself out there. Um, uh, but, you know, in this day and age when many people self-publish, um, I think it's oftentimes very apparent that um, good material does need an editor and a designer who knows what he or she is doing. Um, there, a lot happens with a publisher that people 
don't really understand. Mm -hmm. And uh, we frequently now have a situation where people self-published um, and then they come to us and say, gee, you know, that was harder than <laughs> we thought it was going to be. Um, and, uh, you know, uh, there is there, you know, it is a, it is a business and a profession for a reason. Um, we are skilled at what we do. And, you know, most of the time when people make a decision to self-publish, you know, that to use a, a, a horse figure speed, that horse has left the barn. Um, so, uh, you know, design and good editorial work does matter. Right. Right. Um, somebody's just asking if you have advice for new authors. Do you accept first draft manuscripts? Yeah. Um, well, first draft. I mean, if you go and look at our submission guidelines, um, which can be found at horseandriderbooks.com in the About Us tab, um, it'll explain exactly what we need. Um, we need an outline or our table of contents. Um, we need a letter of introduction and we need a sample of your writing. Um, but, um, you know, it's, it comes down to providing those materials and then, um, we meet and, you know, make a decision. We may ask for more information. Um, we might say not this book, but you write well, if you come up with something else, we'd be happy to look at it. Um, we're very approachable. Um, you know, any of us on the team um, can be contacted. Um, you know, it's, it's not a, you know, we're not behind locked doors. Um, so if, if someone wants to send a submission, please do. I mean, our bestseller right now, um, Janet Jones's Horse Brain, Human Brain, um, that came to us unsolicited. Um, oh, wow. Yeah, she's, you know, um, she had this idea and um, sent it in and we said, wow, that's new, that's different. So, you know, send it in. You Mark never know, and, um, uh, I, I've had several people come to me, um, names are Sally Batten for one, and yeah. they, because they know I'm an author, they'll call me up and they'll ask me, they'll say, you know, I'm working on this book and I wanna, and what is your advice? And I'm honest with them because I, you know, I've written three books and as, and none of them have been easy births for whatever reason. And they've always mm -hmm. been slightly different reasons. Um, whether that's the manuscript arriving just as you're starting your travel schedule to be edited or whether right. it's an illustrator that is lost her mind or one that just, you know, doesn't seem to get the work done or understand what you're trying to get across. Yeah. So, <laughs> Um, so I'm always honest with people and, and, and let them know that it, it is not an easy process. It's, you know, people think, oh, it's, you know, I'm just, I'll write a book. Uh, okay. Um, but having that clarity, and I know for me that I, I can't do outlines. I just can't do outlines. I couldn't do it for my thesis. Um, and I couldn't do it for the books I wrote. Uh, what I had to do was was write the content and then figure out what the outline was, uh, uh, you know, which is a really kind of not your typical approach. Like whenever you'd ask me for an outline, I never gave you one, I think. I know, I think we're still waiting for an outline on the dressage book, Wendy. Yeah, I, I, I have most of it written. <laughs> um, yeah, so maybe I'll dig that out and, and work on that again. I've got yeah, some- Yeah, would you? I, I'm still carrying it as pending on my oh, okay. forthcoming list. So All you right. haven't gotten away with it. 
Okay. All right. Well, I've got, I've got it. And actually I've got some new material that probably should go in there that since I wrote that, that would be a whole lot better. So maybe I can get back to that. I've been, I've had a year off of travel and yet I'm just now catching up in the office, which is kind of hard to believe, but yeah, that is hard to believe. Um, well, Surefoot's been really mm-hmm. taken, taken over. And of course these webinars, which are so popular right. that I've yeah. been so it's not like I've just been sitting around. <laughs> right. All right. So now at some point, Trafalgar slightly changed its name. Yeah. When did that happen? You mean from publishing to books? Yeah. Um, it happened in 2008 when um, the British distribution business was sold. Um it was that whole portion of the business was sold to a company in Chicago called Independent Publishers Group. Um, and uh, Carolyn Robbins um, saved, or not saved, but retained the equestrian publishing program. Um, we had gotten too big for the physical plant um, for the distribution business. Um, when in 2008, when it was sold, we had, um, we represented over 55 British publishers and we had a staff of over 30 people. Um, and, uh, the farm just couldn't accommodate it anymore. Um, we were starting to bring in whole sea containers full of books on a weekly basis. And it was just, it was too much. Um, and I think Carolyn, since they do live on the property, um, just said, hold on a second, you know, we want to simplify. And uh, what she was passionate about and what I was passionate about was the equestrian program. Um, so they were very fortunate to sell the business. Um, the, the distributor purchased the name Trafalgar Square Publishing, even though we were the ones that were going to do the publishing, but they insisted on that as part of the deal. So then we became Trafalgar Square Books and there's been confusion ever since. <laughs> right, because I, you know, I remember that happening. Was that before or after the 2008 crash? It happened um, at the end of, um, no, excuse me. It happened in 2006, I'm losing track of time. We act, the business was actually sold in 2006. So it was Trafalgar Square Books at two, in 2008. Right. Okay. So, but it seems like after that happened and uh, that maybe you had more time or more focus on horse books because it seemed like your catalog started to really grow after that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I mean, we weren't, we weren't dealing with a distribution company um, and as a necessity, you know, um, we needed a, a bigger, we needed a bigger list, um, you know, to, um, to carry on as a business. Um, and also our star was rising. Um, you know, we kind of became the it publisher of anything equestrian. Um, so we got more submissions, we got more good submissions, we take on more books. Um, you know, we, we started to do, um, you know, fancier designs, um, you know, more what we call tradey um, catalogs. Um, and in the last couple of years, um, we've expanded, we used to do just instructional. Uh, we're now doing memoirs, um, and a couple of children's books. Um, and memoirs have been, become really 
really popular. Um, we have Tick Maynard's in the middle of the Horseman, um, which was a big success for us. Um, we've published um, autobiographies of Charlotte Dujardin and Isabel Worth, um, two of the best dressage writers in the world. Um, and uh, this coming spring, we're coming out with Jimmy Wofford's autobiography called Still Horse Crazy After All These Years. And midsummer, we will have Robert Dover's oh, wow. autobiography. So well, um, you've had Denny's books too. Yeah, and Denny's. Um, we've had Denny's, um, How Good Writers Get Good and Know Better to Do Better. And in the fall, we'll have Denny's third book, which is called Begin and Begin Again. Um, the Bright Optimism of Reinventing um, Your Horse Life. Um, and as Denny has done for many years, I mean, he started out with Morgans as a kid, um, distance riding, then he became, um, a, uh, a world-class eventer, rode in the 1974 world championships, um, and has done just about anything you can do with horses. Um, and, uh, so he shares a lot of that, um, in the new third book. That's awesome. And, and, um, you know, you were, you were handling DVDs, but now I think a lot of the DVD material is online. Um, yeah, we're now streaming from our site, um, your DVD stream from horse and rider books. Um, and it's just the way the, the world is going. Um, many people don't have a DVD player or they don't have a computer with a, a DVD drive in it. Um, so as we all are so used to Netflix now and, um, you know, we're selling streaming content um, at this point. So there are a few things that are still available on DVD. Um, centered riding DVD videos are still available on DVD and probably will be a little bit longer. We pretty much go with demand. Um, but yeah, that, that's, that's changing. And we've also started to add some audiobooks um, to our list because that's something else that um, people are doing now that they're on the fly. Yeah, when you think about how much the industry has changed over this 30 odd years, mm -hmm. way back when it was VHS tapes. Yeah, Centered Riding actually came out on beta. Did it really? Yeah, yeah, yep. Oh, wow. You don't even, most people wouldn't even know what beta is. No, no, no. Yeah, and it's just, and it's evolved. But, you know, I think the thing that hasn't changed is that the horse people's hunger for knowledge, hunger mm -hmm. for information, you know, and, it, um, and that's the thing that, uh, you know, as we, as we keep evolving and we become more and more, more technical and more online, you still have to deal with a living, breathing beast and you need solid mm -hmm. information to do that. So, you know, I think that that's the, there's never going to be a replacement for a book that has good information. And I think right. one of the keys is the illustrations and the photographs. I mean, mm -hmm. you can listen to an audiobook. I love listening to audiobooks, but um, you know, like my books, they would be really tough because you need the pictures. Right. Right. Absolutely. And um, it's uh, it really does point up the fact that all through my career, print books always outsell um, ebooks and video. Um, people still want a print book. 
Um, and ebooks augment for us now because a lot of people do want to read on a tablet and they're great when you travel. Um, but print books will always trump sales over an ebook. And with ebooks, I don't know. I, I mean, I haven't looked at any recently, but the ones that I do have, the illustrations and the photographs don't necessarily match with the text because of the way an ebook comes out. That is, that is true. Um, there, I mean, for a while there was um, fixed format eBooks, um, but you know, with so many different um, platforms and I don't know, some people wanna read a book on their phone. I don't, I don't, but, um, but you know, the fact that they wanna be able to read it on their phone, on their tablet, on their laptop, um, you know, it really can't be fixed format because if you've got a book that's, you know, um, eight and a half by 11, if it's fixed format on a phone, you're not going to be able to see it. It really does need to be able to morph itself so you can actually see it on larger and smaller devices. Yeah, I see what um, you're talking about. So that so, does, that does affect how, you know, how the photo driven yeah. book because um, yeah. I'm not horse speak on my tablet. And, yep. you know, you're, you're reading the words and you look at the pit and you go, I'm not sure that's the right picture for what I yeah. just read. Yeah. Um, which yeah. brings, brings us to Sharon Wilsey, actually. Yeah. Right. Um, she, she, I don't know if you know how we met. Um, was it, was it at Equitana? Yeah. We were both at Equitana. She yeah. was there with Cosmos. Right. And it was Caddy Corner because Linda was next to Cosmos and I was Caddy Corner to Cosmos. Mm -hmm. Everybody had told me I have to meet this person, Sharon Wilsey. And I'm like, okay. And here we were together and I met her and I was about to go do a Surefoot demo. So literally I dragged her to the arena, stuck her next to my ger German translator and, and she knew nothing. And I just worked with the horse and had her, her tell my translator what the horse was saying. Mm -hmm. So it was just, it was a blast. We're great friends. We've done like nine yeah. webinars already. Yeah. Yeah. Really hit it off. We're both New Englanders. We're both kind of talk loud and fast. <laughs> yes, you do. I could, I can, I can, I can attest to that. Um, and I'll tell you a little bit about how Sharon Wilsey came to us. Um, she and her co-writer, um, uh, Gretchen Vogel, um, sent an unsolicited submission and uh, Rebecca Didier got it. And she said to Carolyn and me, uh, we really need to pay attention to this. Um, so we all looked at it and called Sharon because she was in Vermont. She only lives about 50 minutes south of where I do. And um, we said, you know, come on up and uh, tell us about all of this. Um, and we really liked what we were reading. And so I invited um, Sharon and Laura to come up and demo on my horses. Um, and Rebecca came and we're like, we're sold on this. She's, she's really got something here. Um, so that was the beginning of Horse Speak. And Sharon's newest book will be coming out this summer as well called Essential Horse Speak. Um, but her career was really taken off. Um, and uh, we've sold rights, um, you know, to quite a few in quite a few foreign languages. And she spends time in Germany and the Netherlands, much like you do, Wendy. Um, and that's that 
whole her whole concept is really for the good of the horse which of course is why we're so you know passionate about Sharon's material yes I mean it was just really what what year did her first book come out do you remember I think it was 2016 so it's in its fifth year and then she did um horses in translation right um we did the horse speak video and right. now the new book is coming because you know her work has really evolved um as she's you know gotten out there and worked with so many more horses than just her own herd um a little bit like Linda Tellington Jones in that way that you know the more they did the more the work grew because you know your your test subjects of horses becomes so vast compared to what you just have in your your locale so right um no, yeah it's, it's been really, a wonderful addition to it's amazing stuff and it's really fun and it's really exciting to see um, people using horse speak to really understand their horse's point of view. Mm -hmm. um, and it's just, I think it's one of the most innovative and unique things in the horse world that's come down the pike in mm -hmm. a very long time. Um, yeah. So excited about it and how it's making such a difference in the horse world. It's really fantastic. Really, it, it does. And when, you know, when Sharon first came, you know, it's a little bit kind of, you know, I knew my horses so well and like, okay you know, um, what is she going to say uh, about them? And my Morgan was amazed. He, it absolutely blew his mind meeting Sharon. Um, at one point he just did this. I just can't take this anymore and ran into his stall. Oh, he's like, I I'm just so overwhelmed by this woman. I don't know what to do with it. And he come back out and he come up to her and he'd interact with her. And then he'd be like, overload and go back in his stall. <laughs> um, I was fascinated and she really hit it. She really hit it on the head. Um, and I don't know if Sharon shared with you, but she's going to start um, uh, working on a dog book as well, because her, um, her work works uh, with dogs as well. And well, cats. You know, we've, had, we've had a lot of conversations about it. And basically the way I look at it is her work works with any mammal. Yeah. Uh, and yeah. so, you know, as we're actually want to do a webinar with how to do this with your partner. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. People yep. are mammals and we have vagal response and we have all the mm -hmm. same social interaction. And I think it, it fits so well with, um, you know, in, in the time I've been involved with horses, we've seen this incredible evolution in understanding and in thought. And instead of just, um, you know, just making them do what we want and and having to take a very strong-armed approach horses are i i always see that horses and people evolve together horses are there to be in our lives because they benefit from us and we benefit from them because mm -hmm. if we didn't you know like they wouldn't keep evolving they wouldn't have changed from a beast of burden to transportation to a war machine and now you know therapists and friends mm -hmm. Um, right. So there's a benefit there, in my opinion, that they have from being with us. And we clearly benefit from being with them. Right. But right. There's this mutual evolution. And so in that process now, we've gone from sort of domination and treating them sort of like a dumb animal to actually conversing in their right. language, right. Their language, like any other language. 
Yeah. And uh, I know, you know, of this other book we published called what horses really want by Lynn Acton. Um, yeah. Cause you did a, a blurb. Yeah. Um, and her work follows along those lines as well. Um, oh, sorry. Okay. Grandfather clock. She, uh, she has something she refers to as protector leadership, which very much falls into what you're saying about horses get something from being with us and they want to feel safe right. with, the, with their herd, which of course includes us. Yeah. Um, so, you know, we've had quite a few books. And then as I already mentioned, Janet Jones's Horse Brain, Human Brain, um, you know, we're fascinated by um, the horse as a sentient being and, you know, communicating with them in ways that make it better for, for them and for us um, and hope that we can spread that, um, the good of it to um, all the various different training methods and sports. Um, and I'd like, of course, like to see it, you know, being showcased a little bit more on the upper levels where um, sometimes uh, financial gain uh, eclipses what's good for the horse. So yeah, you know, and I think I think that we'll start to see some change there for a number of reasons. One, simply because of the stress these upper level riders are under that is untenable. Mm -hmm. um, you know, there were a number of suicides. I think it was last year. Um, of top rider. Uh, yeah, that was somewhat related to safe sport too, but yeah. yeah. And so there, there is an evolution of things that's happening in terms of uh, being more conscious about our interaction with each other, mm -hmm. you know, right. on all levels and that this is a sport and it's something we're supposed to enjoy, you know? Right, um, right. Yep, very definitely. So so Martha, we're, we're uh, coming close to the end of our hour, but you know yeah. what? One of the things in talking with you today, and, and maybe I've known this, but not on this level, is that what Trafalgar has done is make sure that there's available a wealth of knowledge that they can access at any time. You just pick up a book. And, and really that the thrust of all of that material and information is for the good of the horse. Mm -hmm. Help us be a better horse, man or woman, to have a better interaction with our horses. Um, and, you know, what a service that is that you guys are doing to the horse industry to make sure that that information is available on such a grand scale. Yeah, well, that, that's, that's why we exist. Um, it's important to all of us um, that horses are, are treated well and fairly with what we do with them. Um, and uh, I mean, I've, I'm just going to sh briefly show you our our new um, oh, yeah. catalog, which of course has just come out um, and it can be downloaded from our website or you can request a hard copy. Um, but this horse on the cover um, is a rescue horse. Um, and I don't know if you can see, but this is him. Oh, wow. He was rescued um, by a rescue down in Florida run by Yvonne Bartow called um, Horses uh, Without Humans. And um, that's another thing that Trafalgar really stands for is um, horse rescue and, you know, trying to help. Um, we are members with the Equus Foundation um, and uh, feel that 
we in the industry should be supporting unwanted horses and um, the right horse initiative. So I just want to mention that. Yeah, I'm trying um, to so get anyone wants the right to horse initiative. About Eddie's story. Come on. Yeah. Because, um, yeah. because that's a great, uh, they've joined with the ASPCA. Yes, they have. Yep. Really fantastic. And so I've been working on that. I, I, um, and Janet Jones, I'm working on her to, to be one of my guests as well. Yeah. Yeah. Janet's an amazing um, woman of science. So the two of you will, will hit it off. I really like it. Yeah. And we've had Sean Patrick. He's another one of your authors. Yes, he is. Yep. Um, yep. How's his yep. second book coming along? Um, he dips in and dips in and out of it. Um, you know, uh, he's, you know, he's busy and as you know, life circumstances have, you know, kind of, uh, affected Sean's um, trajectory about, you know, his writing. So we hope it's going to come along. Okay. Great. All right. So, so from your catalog, if there was like, what's the, the I know I'm going to put you on the spot. Oh, I, I bet I know. And I'm, I'm ready. Okay. <laughs> what's the book we all should read this year? What's the number one book that really we should read? Oh, okay. Um, oh, there was another question. Okay, you can. I th I think everyone should read Horse Brain, Human Brain. Okay. Um, but I'm not going to let you just have one. Um, one of my favorite books of all times is um, My Horses, My Teachers by Alwa Podolsky, who um, was uh, ran the Spanish Riding School. Brilliant book, old fashioned but brilliant. Brought back to print. Yeah, it's we have it in print. Yeah. Um, and one of my new favorites right now is a book that we published last fall called Distant Skies, an American journey on horseback about a woman who rode across the country on her horse um, before there were cell phones and GPSs. And um, it's a wonderful, wonderful story about a woman, a horse and a dog. Um, so those are the books that I think you should read this year. Okay, that's awesome. And, uh, and of course, I, I know you're out there looking for new titles and new authors and um, mm -hmm. adding to your library, which is great. And uh, um, I'll, I'll see if I can't get back to work. I hope so. <laughs> I'll be getting in touch with you, Wendy. Okay, awesome. <laughs> well, thank you, Martha, so much for joining me. This has been such a trip down memory lane. Um, oh, it has. I know we could keep going. I, I, we know many more people in common. <laughs> yeah, yeah, really fun. Well, maybe we'll have you back sometime when I come out with my next book and we can do a webinar about that. There you go. All right. Great, All Wendy. Right. Thank, Thank you for inviting me on. Everybody have a great day. Bye. Bye.